1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: Well, I don't know how I can follow a hymn like that. Things that once were wild alarms cannot now disturb my soul while I am his and he is mine. I always feel that way. I always feel like, well, let's just talk about the hymn instead. But but we're going to look at, again, the gospel according to Moses. And Moses, let's pray. Father, we come to you now as little children. Lord, we've sung so many wonderful hymns about your hand being in ours, and we want to clasp our hand. Tighter in yours tonight. And so we pray Lord that you would come to us now as we open your word as we open our heart and receive what you have for us tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Please turn to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. Exodus 33:11. Going to be the passage we're going to be looking at tonight this wonderful thing, this wonderful promise that was given to Moses unbelievable. Exodus 33, verse 11, I'm gonna read verses 11 through 15 and then 18 and 19, verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, see, thou saith unto me, bring up this people and thou hast not let me know whom thou will send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. Thou hast found also grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Now jumping down to verse 18. Verse 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. My presence shall go with thee. This is the greatest promise that Moses ever received. This is the greatest promise that anyone can receive, and Moses got it. And it's interesting to look back and to see what was the background? What was the context? What happened when Moses received this great promise? And that's in the previous chapter, Exodus 32. Moses was on Mount Sinai. He was with God. He was there for 40 days, best days of his life. Aaron was left below in charge with the people. Israel got impatient. They said, Where is he? We don't know what's happened to this man, Moses. And they called him this Moses. We don't know what happened to this Moses. They tell Aaron, Make us gods to replace the Lord. Terrified, Aaron goes and tells the people, Bring all of your golden earrings. Aaron melts them down takes a tool, he crafts a golden lamb, and the people proclaim, this is the Lord that brought us out of Egypt. The people sit down to party, they eat, they drink, they play, they're naked, and God tells Moses in the middle of this great meeting that he's having up there at Mount Sinai in chapter 32, verse seven, Exodus 32, seven, the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down. For thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrected them themselves. Moses responds to God in verse nine, Exodus 32, nine. Exodus 32, nine. I mean, God told Moses, rather. God told Moses, the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them and I will make of thee a great nation. Moses now responds, he begs, he begs God. He begs God to repent and not destroy Israel and not to dissociate himself from the Jewish people in verse 11, verse 11, Exodus 32, 11, Exodus 32, 11, Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth, out of the land of Egypt. Keep in mind that God said it was your people, Moses, and Moses says, no, it's your people, God, with great power and a mighty hand. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath. Repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and said unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And then, <laughs> one of the most amazing, if not the most amazing statements in all of the Bible is in Exodus 32, 14, Exodus 32, 14, and it just knocks the wind out of you when you read, the Lord repented. Sinners repent. But the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Moses saved Israel. Israel had no idea. Moses saved Israel. Israel was in the dark. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ, as has been quoted already by Eric this, tonight, when he said, Romans 5, 8, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, clueless, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Down below, the people were acting like they were in Noah's day that the Lord Jesus spoke of that was going to be the example of the people in our day when he said, when the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 24, 38, Matthew 24, 38, when he said, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until... The flood came and took them all away. Moses comes down from the mountain. He sees all the people naked dancing. He becomes so angry that the precious tablets that God wrote with his finger of the law of God in his hand, Exodus 32, 19, verse 19, Exodus 32, 19, it came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf and dancing and Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tablets Tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. And then Moses was so angry when he saw this calf. Moses did the ultimate defilement of the calf, of the golden calf, that the people would never forget. Moses burns the calf up. Well, let me read you the verse. Exodus 32:20. Exodus 3220. He took the calf. Moses took the calf, which they had made he burnt it in the fire, he ground it into powder, he strawed it upon the water, he made the children of Israel drink of it. Moses did the ultimate defilement of the golden calf. The people would never forget this. Moses burns the calf up, he grinds the gold down into a powder, he mixes it with water, and he makes the people drink of the water that the gold is suspended, and why did he do that? The reason Moses did that, the reason Moses made the people drink of the gold dust from the golden calf was so that it would become a part of their feces, So that the next time the people saw that gold from the calf, it would be a part of their feces. And that's how Moses defiled the golden calf. And Moses was saying, you love the golden calf? Look where you're gonna see the golden calf now. And the people never forgot that. Then Moses turns and demands from his brother Aaron, what happened? And Aaron tells the most fantastic lie. Again, Exodus 32, Exodus 32, 21. Exodus 32, 21, Moses said unto Aaron, "'What did this people unto thee "'that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them?' "'And Aaron said, "'Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. "'Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. "'And they said unto me, "'Make us gods which shall go before us. "'For as for this Moses, "'the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, "'we wot not what has become of him. "'And I said unto them, "'Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. "'And so they gave it to me, "'and I cast it into the fire.' And there came out this calf. What do you know? What do you know? Really? Would you believe? I mean, did Aaron really think that Moses was gonna believe that Aaron threw the gold into the fire and presto, a calf came out? Well, nothing about a tool like what happened, and he made it. Then Moses turns to the Levites to execute judgment in Exodus 32, 25. 32, 25, when Moses saw the people were naked, Aaron had made them naked to their shame among their enemies. Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who's on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. All the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. He said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, put every man his sword by his side. Go in and out from the gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. The children of Levi did according to the word of Moses and their fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. This was an extremely traumatic day, very disturbing. And then Moses turned to the people And he said in verse 30, Exodus 32, 30, 32, 30, it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, ye have sinned a great sin. Now I will go up unto the Lord peradventure, maybe peradventure, I shall make an atonement for you. It's not sure. Maybe I'll make an atonement for you. Moses said to the people, you don't know how great a sin you have sinned. And I don't know if the Lord's gonna spare you, but I'm gonna do, I'll try my best. I'll try to make an atonement for you. Then Moses goes up to God in verse 31, Exodus 32 31. 32, 31, Moses goes up to God. He tells God, he says, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, if not, blot me. Blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. So Moses tells God that if he would not forgive the people, then he wanted God just to remove Moses' name from the book of life. What a sacrifice that Moses is willing to make here, that he has aligned himself so much with the Jewish people that he did not want to have personally eternal life if the people are going to be destroyed. Does that remind you of anybody in the New Testament by the name of Paul? Paul? who said in Romans 9, he said that if it were possible, he's willing to be accursed from Christ for his brethren, his kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. That's the Jewish people. And God replies. God replies in Exodus 32, 33, verse 33, 32, God replies, God said unto Moses, whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Therefore now go, lead the people unto the place of which I have spoken unto thee, Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. That's when when God said, instead of myself, I'm gonna send an angel to lead you. That was a shock to hear that God was not gonna go before them as he had said, and he's now gonna send an angel. And then Moses, he does something he, he, there's the tabernacle, and just like the one that we have over there on the other end, there's the tabernacle. The tabernacle is set up in the middle of the camp, middle of the Jewish people, and Moses goes to, and well, Exodus 33, seven, our chapter, 33, seven, 33, 7. Moses took the tabernacle, pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. It came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that scene? Moses says, take it down. Take the tabernacle down. Pack it up. Move it. And they're doing that, and people are saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Moses said, I'm taking the tabernacle out of the camp because God doesn't want to be in your camp and because of your sin. If you want God, you're gonna have to come outside the Jewish camp to find God. So this is the background, this is the setting. I'm taking some time to describe because it's very important to see this background of when Moses got this great promise. This is what happened. The worship of the golden calf had broken the bond between God and the Jewish people. Instead of his presence, now it's gonna be an angel to lead them. The fate of the Jewish people is in suspense. It's all up in the air. They're sitting there waiting to find out what is God going to do. It's a very traumatic time. It's a very suspenseful time. A lot of suspense it reminds me of the many times that I got in trouble in junior high school at Emerson Junior High School in Los Angeles. Any times. And I was sent to the boys vice principal's office, Mr. Rudolph. You know, and Mr. Rudolph had chairs outside of his office in the hallway and I had to sit on those chairs in the hallway and just sit there in suspense to see what Mr. Rudolph was going to do. And everyone looking by would come and they'd walk by and say, what did you do? And, you know, and they said, what's going to happen to you? you know. And, and Mr. Rudolph would then call me into the office, you know, paddle in his hands, and swats were coming, bend over, grab your ankles. I'm sure that damaged me for life. Anyways... It was that time of suspense sitting in that hallway. That's how Israel was. They were sitting there while they were just waiting in the hallway to find out what God was going to do to them. Israel's future was up in the air. And this is the background of the Great Promise. And it was at this time, during this time of suspense and judgment and death that something wonderful happened to both Joshua and to Moses, and it's spoken of in verse 11, Exodus 33, 11, 33, 11. The Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. This was the best time in the midst of all this, the best time in Moses' life, when God and Moses spoke face to face like a man speaks to his friend. It shows us that even today, in the day we live in, with all that's going around, going on around us, the deeper and deeper that people, the world, are sinning against God, rebelling against God, just as it was with Moses, that can be some of the best times of fellowship in the presence of the Lord. And as for Joshua, Joshua, Joshua was just a child when they left Egypt. He's a, he's a very young man. Joshua, he's so disgusted with all this, he just decides to just move into the tabernacle. He just lives in there. He never comes out. That's what it says in verse 11. His servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. Now, we can imagine with all of this description here how shattered Moses is inside. He wants to know something. He said, every person has betrayed me. Every person has betrayed me. He feels, especially the Jewish people, I was their leader. They betrayed me. He shattered inside. And, and, and he wants to know, who is going to be my companion in life? Who is going to be my helper in life? His wife, Zipporah, she was not a believer. She was, she was the daughter of the Midianite priest, the idolatrous priest. And she'd gone home. She left him. She was with her father Her father, the idolatrous priest of Midians, wasn't, Zippor was not his helper, not his companion in life. After making the golden calf, Moses had relied on Aaron. Aaron was his spokesperson before Pharaoh. It was Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. It was always Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron. But after making the golden calf, that was shattered, that was gone. Moses could no longer rely on his brother Aaron. And then especially after telling a lie about it. And Joshua, he's very young. He's just, he was just a child when they left Egypt. He just moved into the tabernacle. He's hiding in there. You ever felt like that? Have you ever felt absolutely alone and you wanted someone to lean on for help, for advice? That's Moses. That's Moses right now. And that was what Moses is feeling when he asked God, who, who is gonna help me? Moses always struggled with this feeling of personally being inadequate for what God has called him to do. In fact, it became an argument between Moses and God at the time when God first spoke to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 4.10. In Exodus 4.10, it says, Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am of a slow speech and a slow tongue. He says, I can't talk. And the Lord said unto him, Who made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will teach. I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send. In other words, pick somebody else. Go to the next one on your list. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, not the first time. And he said, Is not this Aaron? Aaron? The Levite, thy brother, I know, he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. When he seeth thee, he'll be glad in his heart. Well, thinking back at this time, I'm sure Moses thought to himself, oh boy, I sure am sad that I chose Aaron because after the golden, golden calf affair, Moses had a real good sit down to think about and it came to him about all the responsibility that was put on Aaron. Well, Moses remembers this, and he remembers that he told God that he wasn't able to speak. How God got angry and said, fine. Then you take care of it. He can speak well. He can also make golden calves well. And for all of his life, Moses felt so alone in life. Moses struggled with these feelings of being all alone. And he wanted someone to help him. And when we see this idolatrous, he tried to rely on his father-in-law. He's an idolatrous priest a father-in-law in in Midian, and he came to visit Moses one time, and he came to bring Moses' wife back, Zipporah. And Moses looks at his father-in-law, and he says, now there's a man who can really help me. Look at him, he's bringing my wife back. So he can help me in the desert here. What do I know about desert? I was raised in a palace in Egypt. So this man can really help us. And again, this weakness of Moses trying to put his rest on the arm of flesh trying to rely on another person. And it says in Numbers 10.29, Numbers 10.29, one of the most saddest things that Moses said, it says, Numbers 10.29, Moses said unto Hobab, that was his name, Hobab, the son of Reguel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are journeying unto the place of which the Lord had said, I will give you. Come thou with us, we will do thee good, for the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto him, the father in law said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And Moses said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be if thou will go with us, yea, it shall be with what that with good goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same will he do unto thee. It's very sad. It's very sad to see Moses clinging. To this ungodly father in law, a priest, an idolatrous priest, Hobab, and begging him, Don't leave, don't leave, come, be eyes for us, show us how we're supposed to camp in the wilderness. And all the while that Moses pathetically is clinging to this ungodly man to be his director, we can see God hearing Moses. And he's hearing what Moses is saying to Hobab and then God saying, Moses, 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 what am I, chopped liver?
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.
0: every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on youtube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.